So why does it matter if church participation has been cut in half in the last two decades? The Love Times 2 podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 podcast. We have a very important subject that we need to talk about today. But before we jump into that, just want to remind you again that with the COVID-19 fears gripping the world right now, God is in control. It's very clear that we're all in uncharted waters. And at least at the time that I'm recording this, uh, it seems like the world's changing every hour. That's why we took the time to dive deep on this issue in the last episode. So if you missed it, I encourage you to go back, give it a listen. Uh, I know this brings a lot of uncertainty into our lives for every single one of us. Us, but uh, for all of us who are in Christ, this is a time when we need to lean on Him and trust that He is in complete control. Now, in the last episode, we asked questions. To start today's discussion, here are some very significant ways that you can pray during this current uh, COVID-19 pandemic. This list is not exclusive at all, but let me just toss a few things out there. Number one, pray for God's mercy in protecting moms and babies, especially expecting moms, unborn children, and newborn babies. Fortunately, the virus seems to have a much smaller impact on younger people and babies. So it's a great time to give God thanks for that and to pray for his protection. Uh, Number two, pray for pregnancy center workers and volunteers. They're frontline individuals who remain working. Some still remain working one-on-one contact with women to help them choose life. There are a lot of concerns with anyone working in this type of contact arena right now, and I know that they will appreciate your prayer support. Number three, pray for healthcare professionals, researchers, and industry leaders who are trying to stem and eliminate this virus in our world. Number five, pray for God's mercy that he would stop this virus uh, and its threat around the world. Number five, pray for those in the U.S. and around the world who have little or no access to health care, hospitals, testing, even sanitary conditions. There is no run on hand sanitizer in many parts of the world because there's no hand sanitizer. Something for us to remember when we grumble about the empty shelves at our favorite stores and how it inconveniences us. Pray for those who have no access to the health care like we have in the United States. We all know that this is a different world right now. So these are just a few suggestions on how you can pray. And I just want to thank you in advance for doing that. Uh, It's very important as believers in Christ that we take that seriously. Switching gears now, we need to look at an important new report about the state of church participation in the United States and talk about why we should, quite frankly, be concerned about it. Uh, We're really blessed to have some high-quality organizations that provide useful data on a regular basis on things like the state of the culture from a Christian worldview perspective. And one of those organizations is the Barna Group, which I have really come to appreciate over the years. They just seem to always touch on areas that no one else is focusing on. And their latest report is not only extremely informative, but it begs the question, how will it impact moms and babies in the long term? That's the filter that I always try to use in our discussions on this podcast because it directly relates to our mission of loving every mom and every baby, no matter what. The report is called The State of the Church 2020, and it has just been released by the Barna Group uh, here early, uh, I think in February or March. Barna describes the purpose of the report as, quote, aiming to shed more light on why America's relationship to churches is changing and help Christians discern a faithful direction forward. I'll just add that this is really important data to have. Barna states that it's been collecting and uh, just tracking survey results on this topic for over two decades, and it's relying upon 96,177 surveys from which they're basing this report. Here is the monster 
finding in the Barna report. According to Barna, the number of people identified as practicing Christians has dropped in half in America since 2000. I'm going to back up on that one, read it again. The number of people identified as, quote, practicing Christians, end quote, has dropped in half in America since 2000. Only one in four Americans now fall into the practicing Christian category, down from almost 50% of Americans in 2000. Now, just try to get your head around those numbers. Only one in four Americans now falls in the practicing Christian category. Wow, that number is just absolutely huge. When you peel that back a bit more, Barna notes that the growth of those Americans identifying as atheist, agnostic, or nuns not nuns, N-U-N-S, but nuns, N-O-N-E-S, has doubled in size since 2000. Are you seeing a trend here? And before anyone jumps the gun and blames this on millennials or Gen Z, the generations known as elders and boomers are dropping in church participation as well. Uh, that's totally counterintuitive to what most people would think. So the drop that Barna is reporting is across the board in all age categories. How does Barna identify a practicing Christian? Well, that's a great question because we need to know that uh, to kind of know what the parameters are of this entire report. Now, Barna used these filters to land somebody in this category, okay? From all the surveys they had, you had to meet these three criteria uh, to end in the practicing Christian category. Number one, the person identifies as a Christian. Number two, they strongly agree that faith is very important to their lives. Number three, they have attended church in the last month. So now, admittedly, as I've gone through those three, we have a theological issue in that none of these three identify whether a person has placed all of his or her faith in Christ for the forgiveness of sin and has been redeemed by faith alone in Christ alone. We should all get that, okay? The the three things that Barna is using does not mean any of these individuals uh, are actually redeemed in Christ. But Barna is at least using some type of yardstick to identify whose traits he's measuring and how he's identifying them. So we have to take it for what it is, and we just know these are the three traits that Barna used to identify practicing Christians. This is big, big stuff. At the exact same time in which American culture is changing in so many ways, the number of practicing Christians has been cut in half over the last 20 years. And Barna sums it up with this statement, quote, Americans are in the midst of a major reshuffling of spiritual lives, end quote. Look, this is huge any way you want to slice it. And for the purpose of our mission, uh, I don't think it's going out on a limb to say that this reshuffling will have a serious and damaging effect on what type of value we place on my moms and babies if it continues. Why? Because the core value of these moms and babies will always rest on the truth that they are created in the image of God. Therefore, every human life has value because of that. And where will this value be taught? And where will it be learned if it's not within the church? If it sounds like I'm sounding an alarm, that's because I am. The culture is at stake and the trending identified in this report is not good news. Barna tries to glean some hope from this report. And so, for example, the percentage of U.S. adults who report reading their Bibles weekly has stayed consistent over that same 20-year period of time. Basically, it was 34% in 1993, 35% in 2020. Call me a skeptic, but I really question the accuracy of that. I, I don't question the responses, but I do wonder if this is one of those questions in which the default answer for a large group of Americans will always be yes, because they would feel guilty for saying, no, I, I never read my Bible. Uh, it's interesting to note that a 10% jump in the last eight years among respondents who say they have never read their Bible, period. Now, that's interesting. Last eight years, 10% jump of those who've said never read a Bible. 
So what else does Barna tell us? Uh, There's no statistical change in the percentage of Americans who say they pray weekly, and that's hovered around 83%. Again, call me skeptical. What type of prayer? Who are you praying to? Uh, Is this another one of those typical default answers that folks just give? Sure, I pray. You know, it's just kind of like what everybody says. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But this might be the biggest nugget in the entire discussion. When you boil it all down, according to Barna, it's not the committed Christian who is dropping out of church participation. Barna says, quote, in Instead, the movement is occurring amongst those who were only marginally attached to their faith to begin with. Basically, what Barna is saying is that the the drop in church participation is mainly occurring from those who just had marginal interest from the very start. So I don't think it's coincidental. Just personal opinion here that for a large portion of the evangelical church, a good chunk has spent an enormous amount of focus on softening its message and entertaining people over the last two decades instead of preaching and teaching the Word of God. If folks are coming and they don't see anything real and they're just coming to be entertained, the world is going to out-entertain the church every single day of the week. There, just said it. It's just true. Just making an observation. Now, I'm going to wrap up uh, with this comment from Barna. Quote, more than two and a half decades worth of tracking shows that Americans are softening their practice of Christianity. These stunning changes raise questions and suggest urgent implications, end quote. I'm going to add to that myself. The implications are not only stunning, they are alarming, especially when considering how our world will or won't value every mom and every baby, including unborn children. Something to think about, something to pray about. Hey, that's it for this episode of the Love Times 2 podcast. If you have a comment or a question, feel free to email me at podcast at lovetimes2.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast and never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening. 